G'day guys, today is a very special episode because we are not in the studio today. Instead, this podcast is coming to you from on the ground at Sale GP, where I went along to find out exactly what sort of jobs pull the whole event together. Now, if you've ever dreamed of working in F1, well, allow me to expand your ambitions to racing on water because Sale GP is one of the most exciting and fastest growing sporting leagues in the world. Like the Formula One, the Sale Grand Prix organizers and teams travel the world racing in glamorous locations, none more so than Saint-Tropez on the French Riviera. Now, this episode is a collection of bite-sized interviews with over a dozen staff working across media operations, communications, water safety, performance analytics, marketing, social media, operations, and boat building. If you don't know what that is, you're going to find out. By the end, you'll have a very well-rounded view of the roles involved in this incredible sport. It's high speed, it's high tech, it's high sustainability, and if you love to travel, this is definitely a dream organization for you to work for. Let's go. I started volunteering. It's all about who you know in sport. Am I going to be calling the last 10 seconds of the grand final? You can connect with the interviewer. The hand goes up when they've got to make a decision. Having a network is one of the most important things you can do. I didn't necessarily follow my passion. I followed my curiosity. Once you've worked in sport, there's no going back. And then lo and behold, before I left, I got offered two. Hello and welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast, the ultimate guide to make it in the sports industry. I'm Ryan Walker. Joining me is our French correspondent, Ruben Williams. We had two mates who met back in the day at Cricket Australia. And each week, we learn how people made it in sports and we tease out their career decisions, their work habits, their skills, and everything they do that makes them great. Also, that you can learn how to get in, get promoted, and get thriving in the sports industry. Rubes, our uh, French correspondent slash up-and-coming sailor, I think I will call you. How are we? G'day, Ryan. I'm doing very well, thank you. I've added a bit of merch to my collection as well. I've got my <laughs> Sail GP hat. I thought I'd wear that for the YouTube viewers just to um, fit into theme, but I'm doing well. I've had the most incredible weekend at Saint-Tropez. Uh, the racing was incredible. Getting there logistically was a bit of a nightmare and stressful. I've got a bit of a story to share with you on on all the different um, events that went on throughout the weekend, which uh, you might find entertaining. That is at the end of this episode, so stick around if you want to find out how was Saint Tropez at the Sale GP. You'll uh, you'll find out exactly. <laughs> um, but other than that, I'm I'm doing terrific. Thank you. I've um, found my way to Lagos in Portugal, where I've settled, I've cooled down, relaxed, and um, and uh, have had a big week on the tools for, for Sports Grad Pro. So it doesn't stop here at HQ. We're, we're all hands on deck. Yeah, I was going to say we've kind of gone from one extreme to the other, one being Sale Grand Prix and, and how hectic that event is, which we'll get into, but uh, and then the other extreme being building Sports Grad Pro uh, last week, which was uh, just absolutely hectic, but it's been uh, amazing at the same time. I will say I, I love the merch edition. Uh, it's probably something on the podcast we need to do more of, wearing rogue merchandise. So um, you've inspired me uh, to maybe dig something up in the in the coming weeks. So uh, very good. And yes, let's stick around for that story later on. You've actually, I, I'm, I'm yet to hear it for those listening in. So this is going to be, I, I'm a little bit excited about what this is going to be. And you've actually flagged that it is a long story. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for that. Um but let's, uh, let's get into it. Uh, if you don't follow us on LinkedIn, uh, this is your quick reminder. Uh, you can do so. And if you want to connect with us and uh, over 600 others working in the sports industry, you can uh, become a member of the Sports Grade community. Rose, speaking of the community, we've added a community this week, but uh, what's been happening lately? Yeah, we've now got two communities, the SG Pro community, which is why I kind of like a Sailor GP fitting into this week because it also shares the acronym SGP. So uh, nice little coincidence there. But in terms of what's been happening in the community, well, we've added the Pro community. We've got 75 people inside there rearing to go. Uh, when this recording goes out on Monday tonight, we will have our first speed networking session for those Pro members, which is absolutely awesome. There's been people who have joined from all the major sporting organisations in Australia, AFL, Cricket Australia, Football Australia, Netball Australia, you name it, A-League clubs, NRL clubs, AFL clubs. Like it's just a crazy the amount of talent that is in there. So that is super exciting. 
and uh, super exciting for our current Sportsgram members who get the chance to graduate and migrate up to that pro community once they've found their foot in the industry, broken in and, and spent some time there to get set. But a couple of wins from our current community. We've had about eight people join Tennis Australia during this week. So they're doing a lot of recruiting for the Australian Open. And our channel has just been going off, the wins channel that is, with new people getting jobs at Tennis Australia this week. So well done to all of those people. Well done to Tennis Australia because now you can have the best Australian Open ever with all these members working on it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so those TA people and to the SG Pro people, you guys are our wins of the week. But um, if you want to get notified of upcoming events, upcoming intakes for our membership, then make sure you subscribe to our newsletter, sportsgrad.com.au forward slash newsletter is where you can jump on that and join in. Brilliant. We love uh, we love a truckload of wins. There's been many more, uh, but, uh, yeah, congrats to those those guys who are going to the Australian Open, it's going to be an absolute ripper. Um, alrighty, well, let's get cracking, Rhodes. This is going to be a great episode. I am excited. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you're grabbing a pen and getting ready, but I'm not sure exactly who we're getting ready for. It's a plethora of, uh, of Sale GP staff. So uh, grab a pen and uh, enjoy. Before we jump into the episode, we've got a quick message from our good friends at Deakin University. Deakin has been a huge supporter of Sportsgrad since day one. If you're currently studying or you've just finished studying, having a postgrad qualification in sports management on your resume can give you a huge leg up over other potential candidates applying for that same role. So if you want to pump up your resume and get specialized knowledge in sports behavior, law, marketing, ethics, finance, governance, and strategy, take a look at Deakin's postgrad qualifications. Their Master of Business in Sports Management is not one of but the best one in Australia, ranked at number one. So add a postgrad to your resume, and that's our tip for the episode. Hi, I'm Olivia Hogan. I'm Head of Marketing Communications for Asia-Pacific at SailGP. I actually wouldn't compare SailGP to sailing. We're much more like a, a, a racing product, quite similar to motorsport. I think for me, it's it's representing Australia and New Zealand. It's looking at the best sailors in the world competing in the fastest race boats in the world. I've actually been with SailGP really since they launched in 2019, but was actually on the other side um, of it. I worked for an agency called Thrive PR. So as part of that agency, we uh, launched SailGP into market in Australia. Um, obviously fell in love with SailGP, fell in love with the, the concept, the racing format, and what I felt like we could really offer for fans. And then I ended up working for Tom Slingsby actually as a bit of a gun to hire for the very first Sydney event through my agency because he didn't have a publicist as of yet and ended up getting poached from Thrive PR to join the Aussie team. So worked with the Aussie team, gosh, for around three and a half years it would be, managing all of the PR and marketing for the Aussie team as well as the Australian event. Uh, and then from there as part of our regional restructure, I took on a role as head of marketing comms for APAC. So looking at both the Australia and New Zealand teams, how we're growing them both in their markets, but also looking more holistically of how we can build SailGP across Asia Pacific and moving into those other regions as well. I would say my goal, um, sort of being the head of marketing communications across APAC, is really of how are we growing SailGP, how are we making sure that it's on every single television across homes in APAC, how are we building our, our events out so that we've got multiple events in Asia Pacific, but also how are we making SailGP famous, how are we really shifting the dial in terms of perception of, of our product, but also making it a mainstream sport. In terms of how SailGP, I think are really pushing the boundaries around sustainability, but also how sustainability is integrated in sport. Um, for me, it's the Impact League. Um, so we launched that in season two. Um, and what that is, is essentially pitting teams against each other. So we have a, a second podium for the planet, really, where teams are versing each other to, to bring in sustainability initiatives that are really gonna shift the dial in terms of one, how we operate as teams, but also how we're educating the public um, around issues such as climate change and carbon footprint. Um, and I think just in terms of seeing how the Impact League has grown from season two to now, I think it's pretty incredible. And also integrating, I guess, our athletes um, who are not only, I think, you know, voices in sport, but using those voices to be educating on those really big issues that we're seeing um, faced by our planet. So in terms of sort of, I guess, one concept that's come to life through the Impact League that that I think was a real game-changing moment it would actually have to be the Australian team. So um, through the Impact League, we partnered with a 
digital payment lender called Wealth uh, and Parley for the Oceans who is our Race for the Future charity partner um, and we created a, a sort of a I guess gamified racing um, for the planet which we received a commitment from Wealth that for every race the Australia team um, won or based on their position that would then convert to Wealth providing funds to Parley to clean up the oceans on our behalf but in terms of I guess the impact the team has been able to have from that is that we've been able to actually have a tangible impact of removing harmful plastics from coastlines not only around Australia but also around the world which I think is pretty amazing. Excuse the tradie gear, um, but very excited to take you guys on a tour and behind the scenes of our Saljubi technical areas here in Saint-Tropez. So follow me. So this is actually um, what I like to call our team pit lane garages. So we're actually sharing bases here in Saint-Tropez. So we're sharing with our friends in the USA. This is where we house the F50 boats. So we do all of our boat maintenance. And then I'm gonna take you guys out here so you can see some of the boats being craned in. So because of the size of these F50 catamarans that we sail, we actually have to crane them into the water. So you'll see here um, what the France team is doing is they're actually craning and attaching the wing to the hull or the base of the boat. And then you'll see the crane will actually lift them up and then into the water. So you'll see here, we've got um, all of the French team. So all of the sailors and shore crew muck in together to get the boat in. Uh, and then they work with the crane operator who's using the crane here to then lift them over the team base and into the water before they sail. We're actually here in our wing tent. So at SailGP we have a centralised technical team who support the maintenance and repairs of all of our fleet and that's to ensure that they all remain one design. So you'll see here behind me, this is actually the Emirates GBR wing. So all the wings are housed in here and are rolled out for the craning process. And you actually see hold off the press here is the Kiwi wing. So the Kiwi's actually suffered a huge blow yesterday just after racing um, and sustained some major damage to the wing. So you'll see our tech team here are madly stripping back the wing and working on one, assessing the level of damage and then creating a plan of how we can repair the wing to get the Kiwis back racing. Behind me here is our SailGP data centre powered by Oracle. So it's super cool. Um, we'll definitely get you guys inside of it. It's actually where all of our data analysts are pulling off live data from all 10 F50s. They're analysing that data and then providing it to teams so they can not only look at their competitors, but also look at themselves and what that, what that kind of translates to in terms of performance. Um, I kind of call it a war room. It's covered in amazing screens and live graphics. So we'll definitely show you guys in there in a little bit. We use this space as part of our partner tours and it's got some really amazing sort of activation components so people can really touch and feel SailGP and what we're all about. So you'll see here, um, super cool, um, this is actually one of the hulls from the Japan boat. Um, so the Japan team had a huge crash with GBR in Sydney um, several years ago and actually the GBR team essentially crashed and soared off their hull. So you'll see that there and we've also got one of our driver wheels um, which is just over there in the corner and you'll see there just the level of technology behind those wheels in terms of the systems that all of our drivers have to use as well. Guys, we're now in the SailGP Media Centre. So we run quite a comprehensive media program around each of our events. So this is where we bring all of our journos in, they can work from here, they obviously get to see behind the scenes of SailGP um, and then they go out to watch the racing as well. So um, I would say I spend a lot of my time here. Um, we do fly journos from around the world to our events to cover from the various markets, you'll see them all chipping away behind me. My name is Kyle Whittingham and I am the paid media and digital marketing manager of the US team in North America. My day-to-day -day is typically on social media and that's kind of where uh, my sweet spot is. That's definitely my expertise, um, but it can also range to ticket sales. It can have to do with athlete marketing, global brand campaigns. So I kind of do a little bit of everything. And I think the interesting part about my role and Vinny's as well is that we're half for the teams, half for the league, so I get to work with the league on a bunch of cool global projects, but I also still get to focus on my own market in the US. So on a race day, I usually am following everybody around with my phone and, and just trying to get some good sound bites, making some social media clips. I also help produce some of what our team videographer is shooting. And then I usually go out on the chase boat so I can get right in the action and get some good stories for Instagram and you know those, those moments that, that people are missing behind the scenes. My favorite thing about working at SailGP is just um, all the different things that I get to do. So from working on social media to working on global brand campaigns, um, 
there's just so many exciting things and projects that I get to work on. And SailGP really just hires the, the best people from around the world. So you're working with a bunch of rock stars that are the top of their field. So you get to learn a lot from all these amazing people. So it's a really fun, really fun place to work. My name is Walker Potts and I'm a uh, rescue swimmer with SailGP. Primarily we look after the sailors first and then we look after the assets, the assets being the yachts and the equipment. And uh, you know, so we're out on the water every day. So on land, we prep the sailors, train the sailors, train the guests. Um, teach to self-rescue, and then uh, we, we teach rescue to the other safety swimmers, and then we also, uh, out on the water, play the role of uh, rescue and recovery. Uh, for me, and actually Nathan as well, both of us are uh, former military, uh, so we came uh, from military and sailing backgrounds, so both of us are professional sailors, uh, primarily on maxi boats, and uh, both of us came from Artemis, which was uh, a two-cup campaign uh, for the 2013 and 2017 Cups. And uh, we had a, a tragic loss with uh, Bart Simpson on our team in 2013. And then uh, after that, that was the recognition that, uh, you know, the need as the boats picked up and, and the performance level uh, spun up that the boats are going faster, the boats are more dangerous, and uh, there was a need for rescue and recovery. So uh, with both of us having, uh, you know, a bit of experience in medical rescue and military and, and being sailors, uh, we stepped into the role and, and started developing a program uh, within the America's Cup to, to, you know, look after the people first and then the assets. The team, you know, we've got a great group of people, uh, all the sailing teams, we're all good friends. Um, you know, the, the boats are fantastic and they've come a really long way. We get to t travel to some of the best places in the world and um, spend a, a, you know, handful of events every year with some of our best friends and, and traveling and uh, using some of the greatest boats in the world. My name's Nathan Hislop and I'm a safety swimmer for SailGP. I got this job, uh, I was a professional sailor and uh, I got a, everyone knew, who knew me knew that uh, I have a background, a former military background where I was a diver in the army and uh, being a professional sailor I knew the sailors and uh, after the accident with uh, Artemis they, they called me because we had to obviously step up the game and not just hire or just throw someone in that role. Before it was very casual. Um, very casual it'd basically be someone would just uh, who's a diver okay today you're the safety you know you're the rescue diver so after that it, after that accident it really became a serious and a, and a full-time position it has to be fun you, you know if if it's not fun why do it so uh, we're lucky obviously we're in you know a beautiful spot here in San Tropez but also yeah we travel the world and with a good bunch of guys you know you work hard and you play hard Alex Reid uh, and I am the Head of Performance Engineering at SailGP. My role involves uh, looking after the performance engineering team and that includes uh, writing all the control software on the boat, looking at the data and engineering the simulator at SailGP. I'd say it's just really, really fun. Uh, <laughs> it's a, yeah, many brilliant people at SailGP and it's an always, you know, a very high uh, action place to work and there's a lot of teamwork and it's just extremely enjoyable. So this is the uh, performance engineering container and in here we do uh, we do two things mainly. The first is we look after the onboard control systems. We work with many departments diagnosing and fixing issues that might happen on the water, be they electric issues, hydraulic issues or mechanical issues. We're using the data to fix that. Um, we also look at the data for performance analysis purposes. So we work with the teams um, and provide a series of tools that they use to improve their performance. Um, all the data is completely open at SailGP, so each team can see each other's data, uh, which is quite unique in sport. Um, what is also included in that data are the performance settings on the boat. So teams can see how the boat is set up for the day in real time and they can choose to copy settings or not and it's, it's quite helpful for new teams getting into the series to get the boat set up correctly for the day. Um, all the data goes to the Oracle Cloud and we have people who are remote as well as here so generally the nearest data engineers come to the event and the others are working from home. Um, as we are all cloud-based it's effectively being here um, you know, but remote. Um, we also engineer the simulator at SailGP, so which is being used for training athletes, um, and it really helps getting new sailors 
into the into the sport. Um, as there are so many events, we have so limited sailing time actually on the real F50s. It's a it's a very good introduction, and it's a lot uh, cheaper and safer than using learning on the real boat. My name is Hugo Stuller. I'm a data analyst at LGP. I'm looking at all the data coming out from the boat and the goal is to build some performance reports for the teams to understand why it was going faster on a race course, why it was doing better maneuvers and basically how to improve for the next day. My favorite thing working at SailGP would be uh, to work with the best sailors in the world and try to um, help them to improve their, what they're doing on the water. Hi, I'm Caroline and I'm an intern with the Data Analytics team. Well, I'm helping Hugo with the data analytics of the wind marks, so the marks collect data and I'm looking at it from the practices and from the races. Uh, I applied for, through the website because I know a couple of people that work here and yeah, so I just asked, applied, really simple. Uh, I think it's meeting new people and getting the insights um, from the data but also just looking around, being able to look everywhere and yeah having a great team. So my name is uh, Basha Sikorsky uh, my title is the Head of Media and Photo Operations and I work for SailGP. My job involves probably about three or four or five thousand different jobs. Um, media operations is basically managing all of the stuff that's not communication. So all the operational things, infrastructure, the beautiful media center that you see behind you, uh, the catering, the uh, Accommodation, accreditation, uh, technology for them. Um, it also entails media relations and the media trips. Um, the photo operations side of it entails basically looking after the photographers, making sure that they have the right um, working conditions, that they have the photo positions, and in the case of a sailing event, uh, photo boats to go out on the water. Um, the other side of my job as well is I manage the internal photo agency. So all the images that come out of SailGP um, are done by our internal photographers. They are top, well, the world's top photographers, basically the best in the sports industry. Uh, they take photos, they upload them live, they get tagged, and then they get sent out and um, syndicated. Gosh, there are so many creative things. Uh, I think they, the French team just did the Quentin Express, and they basically traveled all the way from Spain to here in, um, different types of uh, green kind of transports. So there was trains, there was um, hydrogen cars, there was electric boats, there was running, there was bicycles, and it was a great journey and we followed it really closely on, um, on Instagram. It's, it's just amazing to be part of a, such a huge infrastructure, such a huge organization that's at the same time young and um, malleable and we're creating so many things, we're growing each time. Um, we're seeing the teams uh, up close and we're seeing them really grow. I guess also being able to change every way, I guess, to, to be able to like improve because we've got so many events. We've got 12 events uh, per year. Each event we can actually improve on what, what you know went wrong. Plus we travel. We get to go to amazing locations. Uh, we are in Saint-Tropez. We were in LA. We were in um, San Francisco. Uh, we're going to New York. So really, um, it sounds very glamorous. Um, it is glamorous locations, but we do work very hard, so there is that side of it. In regards to sustainability as well, we, as the media operations team, are probably the most sustainable department. We have um, a fully plant-based uh, catering. We don't have any plastics. Uh, we, have, we are paperless completely, and we're powered by clean energies. So we're very proud of that. I'm Nick Bailey. I'm the Senior Communications Manager on the global team at SailGP. A little bit of everything. Uh, when I'm on site at events like this in Saint-Tropez, I'm looking after our visiting journalists, making sure they get the stories and interviews that they need and uh, giving the league the best coverage we can get and uh, liaising with the local stakeholders as well. And then in between events, a little bit of everything, writing press releases about our upcoming events or partnership announcements, all sorts of things. So uh, on site and in the office, a bit of everything. I think that the Women's Pathway Program is a great thing that the league's brought in that's bringing about inclusivity and making sailing a more diverse sport which I think is really important and uh, something that we can all be really proud of because we work hard on it here. The people, I think our athletes are great people, they're very easy to work with. If you do what I do for a living, everyone's super accommodating and very helpful. Uh, and just working towards the same purpose and passion. My name's Sasha Kemp, I'm Communications Director here at SailGP. I think the question is what does my role not involve? I think communications is literally involved across the whole organisation and it could be literally everything from you know helping media, dealing with media requests on site um, to the other end of the scale which could be a severe incident that we need to require messaging and media management and that kind of side of it. So really diverse and really varied. 
I think my favourite thing is probably just the variety of the role. No one day is the same. Um, and sometimes I come into work and I'm never quite sure what, how the day is going to pan out. I mean, yesterday, for example, we're here in Saint-Tropez. We thought it was a great day, a normal day, a race day. And then we had an incident with the, the New Zealand wing at the end of racing and then basically went straight into crisis communications uh, mode that kind of went long into the night. So yeah, no, no two days are the same here at CellGP. One of the projects I really like is something the Australian team did um, towards the Impact League. And um, obviously for us, it's really important that we look after the race course and the ocean is our race course. So they did a really cool project actually building seahorse hotels and creating a really safe space to help an endangered species uh, be reintroduced into Sydney Harbour. My name is Thomas Quayle. Uh, I work for Event Operation in the branding team. So we try to represent uh, the brand and the sponsors, but I also work for the design team in the headquarters in London remotely from France. Pretty exciting to travel around the world and to see these uh, F-50s on the water in different places and also discover new countries all along the year and following the sun in the summer, getting tan all year round. Really happy with what they do to conserve the ocean. Uh, they do a lot of uh, micro uh, plankton and uh, they try to preserve also the, the wildlife around the race course so sometimes when they see uh, some uh, dolphins around the race course they kind of stop the race for them to pass by and like this they can preserve well uh, the ecosystem and the place where they sail the boats. Max, I'm a photoboat driver on the France LGP here in Saint-Tropez and um, I try to find the best position for catch the best, the best picture on the water. To be on the water, good atmosphere, good spirit, nice people, nice media, and that's it. I'm Gilles Martin-Ranger and I'm a, a yachting photographer. I think it's one of the most um, um, dynamic uh, kind of uh, sail racing, and it's always plenty of action, so uh, for me, it's, uh, it's worth coming because anyway, I'm based in Marseille, it's close. So every time I go to the French Grand Prix, at least in the season. I'm Lisa Dunmanen and I am the on-water reporter for SailGP in the World Feed. Well, I actually emailed everyone I knew when SailGP first came a thing and I said, give me a go, I've got lots to talk about and I love sharing sailing and, and trying to teach people um, sailing. And so, yeah, they gave me a shot and uh, they've, they've kept me around since. I think for me, like, I came from an athlete background and I want to make sure that I ask questions that they want to talk about. Sometimes if they don't give me the answer that I want, I try to um, ask another question that might put that idea in their head. But for me, it's about telling the story behind why they made decisions, how they feel, not just asking them how they feel, but kind of promoting emotions that I kind of can relate to. My favourite thing about working in sailing is it's a pretty technical sport. There's lots of intricacies to it, but I'm passionate about kind of sharing that in a way in language that everybody can understand. My name is Caroline Azzarino and I'm the Global Technical Site Manager for CLGP. All kinds of onshore infrastructure support to ensure that the F-50 operations has all it needs to deliver the regatta. Uh, well, um, a number of different ways. I actually worked in nonprofit, serving uh, hard to serve homeless households with minor children in their care, including providing uh, a three-day event to serve those folks, and I was able to use those skills to help deliver this. Definitely the people, my favorite part, and working with the Inspire interns, that's very, very rewarding. My name is Ellen, and uh, I'm doing the on-water safety for SailGB for three years now. We do training, we do safety on water uh, during training and during the races. Got my job, um, let's say, four years ago, the end of season one, it was in Marseille. And uh, in my other life, I do uh, basically EMS in Marseille. So ambulance, Ali, stuff like that. And so I was called to help the, the physician that back at the time. And yep, I ended up working for them since so. The best stuff is my co-workers, definitely. Hi, um, my name's Courtney and I'm the Technical Team Operations Manager. My job involves um, looking after a team of specialists of 80 people. That's inclusive of the boat building team, wing team, hydraulics, electronics, systems, um, safety and chase boats. I have an interesting journey. I originally started as Team Manager for Team Australia when the company started and from there I moved into the event team for Sydney during the COVID times. And then after that, I picked up this role as a team coordinator for the technical team because I worked really well with the 
operations manager at the time and she gave me a call after we worked together and said, do you want to come on board? So I started as a technical coordinator and now I'm the operations manager. We have a few on the go as we have a couple of different departments. Uh, one that I like to highlight is the boat building department is now using Velcro instead of cable ties which is a great one to have. One really cool initiative that we're doing at the moment is looking at how we could reduce our footprint on the water. So with that, uh, we're looking at ways of reducing how many chase boats we're putting on the water, whether or not we could share them, if we could drop engines um, and reduce how much fuel that we're using. My favorite thing is absolutely the community. It's so nice. We're all here trying to put on this amazing Brigado and just put on a great show and it, it's all about the teamwork and that's the only way we're going to get there. Max Griggs and I'm wing team lead at CellGP. Being on wing team involves looking after all of the wings um, throughout assembly and maintenance throughout the regattas, um, dealing with all the rigging and on the boats and the wings themselves, doing all the wing change configuration sizes, so changing the boats from the 29 meters to the 24 meter configs and the 18s as well. Um, and just keeping the sailors happy as well. I got this job through um, CLGP Inspired um, a couple of years ago. I found the Inspired program through university, um, got a job with the wing team uh, through uh, an internship, and then ended up sticking with them full time around two years later. Favourite thing's got to be being able to travel around and see all these cool places. You know, we get to see some wonderful places on um, uh, locations on the sea and travel around and see a lot of cool stuff. Chicago's top on my list. Yeah, good city life, awesome waterfront, good sailing. Tilda and I work in the wing team. Wing team involves a lot of stuff to do with the wing, so I'm a rigger by trade, and that's how I kind of how I got involved with the wing team. So I'm one of the riggers in the in the wing team. So I get involved with building the wings, but then kind of my main job is to look off the standing rigging and the running rigging. Kind of just been always worked in sailing somehow. Um, been a rigger before and then I was just asked uh, before season three if I wanted to join the wing team and yeah said yes and here I am. I think the camaraderie like it's just really nice how all the teams work together in the tech team but also with the shore crews and also you know with the sailors as well and I think that's the that's the best part. My name is Vinnie Gorham I'm the APAC social media manager I manage um, Team Australia and Team New Zealand social media accounts. It involves a mix of um, paid and mostly organic um, content from you know, production um, engaging with our, our team and bringing our athletes to life and really making them um, household names in Australia and New Zealand. Hard work and graft. Um, just applied for a job, I'm six weeks in. Um, I've worked in other sports medias for broadcasters in the past and for sports clubs um, in social media. I absolutely love social media. I actually started off making my own YouTube channel back in the day when I was like 15, 16, making sports clips. That's where I sort of um, yeah, got found a love for it. And then um, I, I, social media, especially back when I started 10 years ago, um, it was easy. It was really easy to, you know, if you make good content that connects with people, it's really easy to do well on there and succeed. Um, and it's addictive. It's really addictive seeing, you know, when you when you get 100,000 views, you know, it, you never lose that. You, you're chasing that every day. So I've worked at, um, with broadcast partners in Australia, so um, at Channel 9, so Wilder Sports. It's awesome that you get to work across the truly a, a wide world of sports there now. Um, so cricket, Ashes, um, Australian Open tennis, NRL is a big one. Going to State of Origin and NRL Grand Finals was awesome. Um, I previously worked with rugby union clubs in Australia, so like Brumbies and um, a couple of other, like Wallabies, doing a bit of work for them. Well, getting to travel is like easily one of the best. This is my first event in um, Saint-Tropez and it's been absolutely amazing. And honestly, every day is different and it's been such a hectic event with my two teams. Obviously the New Zealand guys had a devastating day on, um, on Saturday with their um, wing collapse and then the Aussies getting pipped on the post by the, by the, um, the Brits today in the final. So that was awesome, but honestly just being able to you know, go travel the world, explore, and um, the people you meet here, it's, they're such amazing people, and um, it's just, yeah, it's really cool. So really loving it, hoping to continue. Guys, it's time now for everyone's favourite segment of the podcast, Ask Sports Grad, where every week we answer a question directly from our community. If you'd like to ask us a question first, just become a member at sportsgrad.com.au slash community. You can join our wait list of new talent coming in every single month. Then you can add your question to the channel named Ask Sports Grad. 
Ruse, this week is a bit of a special Ask Sports Grad uh, segment. Uh, so I might hand the reins over to you because it isn't, it isn't your normal Ask uh, Sports Grad question. No, that's right. Because uh, everybody's been asking me, Ruben, how was Sale GP? How was St. Tropez? And it's not often that I hijack an entire segment for myself to share you, with you what I've been up to. But I thought it might be interesting to, uh, to paint a bit of a picture of, of what I've been on the journey I've been on over the weekend at, at Sale GP because it was probably the most random, exciting, and stressful weekend of my life for different reasons. Uh, probably the most effort I've ever had to put into attend attend an event as well. So I was coming from uh, Tossa de Mar in Spain on Friday with no buses booked, no trains booked, no accommodation booked because we'd just been flat out with trying to get sports grad pro ready. And uh, so I thought last minute let's just try and get to to france and the only train to france was leaving at 5 p.m so i jump in this train and i call a hostel in toulon to see if they're able to check me in at midnight that night because i know straight away i'm not going to get to saint-tropez that day so i try and find a last minute hostel and then try and find a last minute hotel in saint-tropez for me to arrive at the next day i train to marseille then to toulon get to Toulon. They couldn't check me in. So they just said, take a bed. I was the only one in my room. They didn't give me any linen, barely a mattress. It was like the creepiest place I've ever stayed in my life. I was, I think I was the only person in the building, Ryan. I was like, this is, this is <laughs> get me out of here. Meanwhile, I'm trying to work out how do I get to Toulon from Toulon to Saint-Tropez the next day. So I book a blah, blah car. For those who don't know blah, blah car, it's a European rideshare app where you just jump in the car of someone traveling in the same direction. And um, so I book, I book my blah, blah car with this guy called Christian. He's got a great rating. I'm like, all right, let's go. Next morning, go and meet Christian. I'm sitting on these steps. And all of a sudden, this guy rocks up, points at me, sitting down and says, do you speak English? And I was like, yeah, I speak English. And he goes, you, come with me. This is your driver. And he's pointing to Christian. And I'm like, okay, cool. Then all of a sudden, the random guy like gets in the car with us and it turns out he's the partner of David. Sorry, his name is David. He's the partner of Christian. So now I'm in the car with a six year, with two 60-year-old men on their way to Saint-Tropez who are celebrating their 34th anniversary. And for the next two hours, we're just going back and forth over Google Translate. And um, straight away, they asked me... <laughs> Like, what are you doing in Saint-Tropez this weekend? And I told them, I'm going to sail GP, meeting the people. And they said, do you want to come on a boat with us? And uh, at the same time, I'm kind of checking my emails because sail GP, have, you know, they, they were pretty tight for tickets on, on day one. Turns out I couldn't get a ticket to day one. So I was like, all right, I'm free to do whatever I want. So I said, yeah, I'll come on the boat with you. <laughs> wow. So we arrive in Saint-Tropez. These guys are good enough to let me drop my bag at the hotel that I booked about eight hours ago, get back in the car, get to the dock. And then the next minute, I'm on the water with Christian, who's this retired photographer who's snapping photos of me on a boat, which uh, I'll find someone to share eventually. But um, we're out in the water. Nobody can understand each other. Google Translate is up to about 500 users by now. And then once we're out there, we are surrounded by like the largest fleet of sailing ships and super yachts that I've ever been a part of. Like everyone has anchored their boat in the marina to uh to watch the action not in the marina out on the water it's all around the course and uh, if you don't know much about Saint-Tropez it's like a little Monaco like famous for where the rich and famous go to holiday one because it's beautiful and two because it's super secluded like it's, it's a hard place to get to so these people just go there for a bit of privacy so the fleet of super yachts are, are out there on mass and it's it's incredible to look at then all of a sudden the uh, the F50s start racing. Now these these are the Sail GP catamarans, and one of the really interesting things about Sail GP is that the league own all of the boats and all of the teams. So the teams pay a license fee to use the boats and compete, which means the league also employ all of the boat building staff and engineers and repairers. So if a boat gets damaged, it's, you know, the league looks after it, fits the bill and all that. It's not like, you know, Aston Martin looking after their own car or Mercedes looking after their own car in Formula One. Anyway, they, these boats are incredible. 
So we're watching them fly around the course. Apparently they can go up to speeds of I think three times whatever the wind speed is. And last year the record speed was recorded at 99 kilometers an hour. So these these boats are humming along. And um, the most incredible thing happened on day one. Well, incredible to watch, but unfortunate at the same time. Because the New Zealand boat, the, every single boat's got about like a 20 meter mast. And the New Zealand mast just collapsed on itself and broke under the pressure of like all the forces that were going through it. And so now this like 600 kilogram metal beam is falling down in three pieces and lands on the boat. Like if you're on social media, go and look it up because it's, it's incredible. Thankfully, nobody got hurt, but it meant that New Zealand were out of racing for the rest of the regatta because like this mast was just irreparable and um, they didn't have a spare one on site. I found out later there's a mast currently on a plane being flown from, I think, the US to Italy just in time for, for the next regatta. Wonder how much that costs. Oh, legit. It would it'd be a lot. <laughs> just the <laughs> just the freight would be would be significant as well. Yeah. So the race finishes, our boat docks. I thank Christian and David for their help. Say goodbye. That night I meet up with the sail GP staff. We have a couple of drinks and start to get ready for, for day two. Now day two arrives and uh, I mentioned my last minute hotel in Saint Tropez. Well, one of the fallbacks of that was uh, it's a bit out of town. <laughs> you can't just walk straight into to the race. So I'm trying to book an Uber at 9am to try and get in there to do all these interviews that you're about that you would have just listened to. And I can't get an Uber at all. So I hitchhike into town. I literally flagged down this SUV driven by some Portuguese couple. Uh, they thought I was crazy and I was like, you have to take me. Like, I can't miss this interview. <laughs> Simply must take me in your car. <laughs> <laughs> I think they admired my, um, my confidence and forwardness or maybe that was just desperateness disguised as confidence. Um, <laughs> anyway, I arrived at, um, at what they call the tech site. And uh, got my cred and started walking around. Now, the tech site is essentially the same as the Formula One pit lane. But instead of all the, you know, the Formula One cars, you've got these huge boats just getting set up everywhere. And it's like, um, like they've, they've all got their own garage, essentially, except there's two massive cranes that are piecing them all together. And once they're pieced together, they, they then get lifted up and put on the water. Like when you're up close and personal to it, it's, it's amazing. So I find Liv Hogan, head of marketing at Sail GP and also working with the Australian team. We grab a whole bunch of content. She introduces me to several other people. I made a stack of interesting personalities. And um, when I asked, you would have heard all of this just now, but everyone kept saying the best thing about Sail GP is the people. But this one guy called Walker, he articulated to me best later that night when we're out at the nightclub. He said, ask the people here, what they're doing next week because that's what makes this the most interesting group of people ever because for so many people it's not their full-time job they've got other jobs and commitments in between sale gp but for a dozen times a year they all fly into the same location around the world and put on these incredible events and that's what makes these people so unique and i thought what a what a cool little community that these guys have going on anyway so I do a bunch of interviews. Then Basha from Media Ops grabs me and says, Ruben, do you want to go out on the water? And so now I'm on a speedboat with the photographers who are getting taken to the best spots on the course to, to grab their shots. <laughs> and I was like, this is incredible. I'm in a speedboat next to these super yachts, next, next to these incredible catamarans. And um, me being the opportunistic person that I was, I, I did some interviews on the boat. So you'll see some grabs on social media this week that have got the the water backdrop with a super yacht hanging out behind it so it's uh some incredible footage <laughs> um and then uh we come back and spend the rest of the day meeting more people pre preparing more content uh, i was trying to do my regular sort of sunday get organized uh for the week meanwhile there's this boat race going on behind me but um so the regatta finishes australia just lost to the uk and um, everyone's focus turns to the after party. 
And so I go home back to my hotel for a bit, try and detox, relax, and then arrive at this glitzy nightclub in Saint-Tropez. And I thought, what a weekend. It's uh, been a hell of a journey just to get to this point. But unfortunately, the drama continued, Ryan, because Saint-Tropez literally, it literally broke me, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) When I say broke, I don't mean physically, I mean financially. (laughs) Because we got to about 2 a.m., and my card declined trying to buy two beers. And I worked out why. It's because it was 15 euros a pop to get a, a bottle of Corona. Yeah, that, that'll do it. We pay ourselves monthly. It's come to the middle of the month. I'd been a bit ignorant with my cash flow this month. And so I had no liquid funds to use until my next paycheck came through from our head of finance, which is you. <laughs> <laughs> and so the, uh, the SOS call made its way out to you um, in the days after. But it meant that I had to somehow try and get home. So again, I pulled out my hitchhiking um, methods and uh, somehow squeezed into this two-seater Fiat with six other people just so I could I could save my um my last ten euro note, which was which was in my pocket. And I was thinking about all the different ways I could spend this ten euro note on lunch tomorrow. So I wake up and I think surely. <laughs> I think surely today, surely today, the day I'm heading out of Saint-Tropez, it's now Monday, surely today is going to be a bit more relaxing. I'm on my way to Portugal to meet Chloe. I get to the bus station. A ticket for the first bus is $2.50 euro in cash. And so now I'm thinking, all right, well, I've got 750 euro for lunch now. What can that get me in, in southern France? Maybe a bit less. But I go to get on the bus and uh, the bloke in front of me turns around and he says, hey, I haven't got any cash. Can you pay for my ticket? <laughs> <laughs> and I gave him I gave him a look. No, I don't have 250. <laughs> <laughs> I gave him a look that forced him to say, dude, I can buy you a coffee at the next stop. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I can't believe that I have to like think about this. <laughs> But but I paid for his ticket and now I'm like, I'm down to five euros in cash. What's this going to get me for lunch in Southern France? Anyway, fast forward a bit. I get to Marseille and just to top off uh, the weekend of trying to get out of Sale GP, I, uh, I arrive, off, arrive at the Marseille airport, get off the bus and I'm like, I've made it. You're at the airport, get on the plane, go to Portugal. And I think I was so overwhelmed with relief of making it to the airport that I forgot to take my luggage off the bus. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and uh, that's when I like hit panic stations, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, what? not not another thing, Ruben. Like, what, what have you done? And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, the the bus has left. It's taken my bag. It's gone back to the city. I've lost my podcast mic. I've lost my camera gear. Uh, the most, to me, the most valuable bit of equipment in my bag was my Australian cricket team <laughs> test cable knit sweater. Carlos, uh, like that's nah. gone forever. So after I was done catastrophizing, I found someone from the bus company, and um, I said, "You've got to help me. I've just lost everything." <laughs> and then she makes a phone call, then says, "Come with me." Takes me to a room, opens the door. There's my bag. Thankfully, they don't let anything not get off the bus when it arrives at the airport bus station and they just put it away. And I was Thank like, Thank Christ. that I've still yeah. got this. That, yeah. that would have been so, almost just book the flight home. <laughs> We're done here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Get me back home. Yeah, get me yeah. to mum's place. Give me get a home cooked dinner. Someone yeah. give me a hug. Yeah. We're done. <laughs> but um, yeah, I got on the plane, made it to Lagos late that night, had a big breath of relief. And just thought, wow, what a what an amazing but eventful but stressful by my own doing weekend. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, it was worth it. I'd say I'd say I'd trade my luggage in for a weekend at Saint Tropez. <laughs> yeah, uh, what about the sweater? Or maybe not the sweater. The sweater's priceless. <laughs> maybe not the sweater. Yeah, far out. Uh, yeah, that that sounds just. Almost uh, like a horror film. <laughs> to, Ten euros to, to, to get around, get to Marseille. Like, oh god, it gives me the shivers. The most grim part of it was, um, 
I've I've been carrying around a plastic bag of like I've been carrying around a packet of granola with me, like just to have breakfast from wherever I go. I'll, I'll buy the milk when I get to a new place. And so I, I had half a bag of granola just stashed on the side of my backpack. And so I was eating that like, you know, like a snack whilst yeah. I was on the train. I was like, this is the last bit of food. I've only got five euros. I just need to eat anything in my grasp at the moment. <laughs> so worst came to worst, you could just snack on granola as you, as you go. You won't die of hunger. There's a lesson in that. Don't live above your means for too long. <laughs> yeah. And don't buy too many 15 euro Coronas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very good. Very good. Well, um, I mean, one of the great R Sports grad segments of all time. Uh, and I, I'd usually say if you'd like to ask a question, ask us a question or our friends a question in sport, become a member. But hey, like if you want to hear about things about our life and our travels or whatever you like, um, feel free to ask. We're happy to do these segments going going forward. And we're uh, we're ready to do it all again in Sydney, Ryan. We'll um, we'll head up there for the next one. Yes. Yeah, super exciting in Feb. Um, yeah, one of the great parts of you being over in Europe is you can just relationship build and then when all these places, all these companies come to Australia, we can just crack in and, and enjoy. So, uh, no, nah, it's super exciting. I'm, I'm pretty pumped to go see that uh, in, in the harbour, uh, which, would be, which would be pretty cool. So, um, exciting time. Awesome. Well, I promise I won't hijack the segment next week. We'll be back to normal programming. <laughs> I don't, I don't mind the segment. I, I don't mind it. Uh, but I dare say we may be back to regular programming <laughs> next <laughs> week. Um, for those who, who do want to ask, ask us a question about sport or anything to do with your career, um, like I did say, you can become a sports group member and ask us a question on, on our Discord. Uh, we also hold fortnightly events, uh, which is essentially an open floor for you guys to ask us or any industry professionals any of your questions as well um tonight as was mentioned we've got our first uh kickoff call for our sports grad pro community uh and then next week we'll have speed networking back uh for our regular community so they're all happening plenty of events all the time so uh get involved when you join as well you get immediate access to all of our exclusive content as well with the private discord server and over 650 other sports professionals so get involved um like i said find us on linkedin uh, and give us some love with a rating if you enjoy the show or enjoy listening to Ruben's travel stories. You can subscribe on Apple or follow on Spotify. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Hey, guys. One last thing before you go. If you'd enjoy a quick email from us each Friday on all the latest job openings, networking events, Q&As with industry professionals and latest podcast episodes, then subscribe to the Sports Grad newsletter head to our website www.sportsgrad.com.au forward slash newsletter to subscribe. There's also a link in our show notes to join.